Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Welcome to the following on podcast. I am Sam Ellard here in Wellington, currently stood at the Basin Reserve, looking out on this magnificent sporting venue, although unfortunately it's raining. It has been raining for the majority of the day here in New Zealand. The skies are grey, the forecast not looking amazing for the first couple of days. But let's remember it wasn't looking good either ahead of the first test match and we got lucky. So fingers crossed. The rain stays away because this is some sporting venue and we'll be hoping to see Ben Stokes and his England team look to make it 11 test wins in 12 matches. It's been some ride. Let's hope that carries on. On today's following on podcast, we'll hear from England captain Ben Stokes, the New Zealand captain Tim Southey and we'll catch up with TalkSport commentators Neil Manthorpe and Dan McCarty. So here we go, just one day away from the second test match, New Zealand versus England, which is of course live on TalkSport 2. England dominant in the first test match, beating New Zealand by 267 runs. And a short while ago, I caught up with England captain Ben Stokes. Team news, have you got an 11 to, to give to us? Yeah, same team as, as last game. Of course, all the fast bowlers have come through okay and all fit, ready to go? Uh, they are, yeah, especially when they're seeing the wicket. <laughs> go on, then tell us about the wicket. What can uh, people back in England, who haven't seen yet, what can we expect from, from this wicket here at this ground? Uh, yeah, honestly, I don't know, to be honest. Uh, there's a lot of grass on it, but I think that's genuinely the way that they go here. You know, I think it, they, it can be quite deceiving when you see it initially. I think it's about 18 mils of grass on it, uh, which sounds a lot, but I think that's how these, these wickets go here. So, um, yeah, we'll... Don't know how it's going to play until we sort of get going. Um, but yeah, the bowlers quite fancied it this week. Sure. Um, I mean, Ollie, with Stone and Potts, again, the mantra of the England team has just been pick your best team available, right? There was no temptation to give one of those guys a go in, in this match? 
Uh, no, look, I think, you know, obviously with the, well, not necessarily the workload, but the, the way in which the bowlers had to bowl last week, you know, uh, bowling in the heat and then for example Brody having to bowl that big 10 over spell on day three you know there was always the possibility that one of them might not pull up great but um, all, all, all three uh, but pulled up really good and they're excited to get going and a massive vote of confidence as well for Jack Leach to play maybe previous England teams in, in years gone by with a green seamer might have been tempted to bring him out play another seamer but again you're, you're very much he's your number one spinner any conditions you want him to play yeah exactly and you know how else are you, um, you know, supposed to progress your uh, your number one spinner without um, giving them opportunities in all types of different conditions? Uh, not only conditions, but also in, in different situations. I feel that's the best place for people to learn is to be exposed into you know bowling all around the world, different pitches, and you know that's the only way that I guess you you can see an improvement. And um, Leach is absolutely loving being able to be exposed to that, um, and he's also progressing as a bowler and and also finding new ways to, to bowl on, on wickets that don't necessarily offer too much of the spin. Jimmy Anderson is 40 years of age yeah. and is the best bowler in the world now, according to the ICC rankings. He's gone up to number one in the world. It's just ridiculous, really, isn't it, Ben? Yeah, look, <laughs> he's, he's, he's been amazing. You know, ever since he's passed that, that age of 30, uh, his record and all over the world is, is just phenomenal. You know, he's, he's a credit to himself and he's a great um, example for, for people to look up to you know not only with what he does on the field but I think also as an example for a longevity of career mm. um, you know he's been a, an unbelievable servant for England and um, yeah I just don't know I can't see when he's going to stop because yeah, he just keeps running in and <laughs> taking wickets whenever we need one I think he's going to play to his 50, Ben. Yeah, I can't that, see him ever stopping. That would be nice. That would yeah. be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, New Zealand, perhaps, we know they're a top team, but not at their best in that first Test match. Are you expecting a much, much tougher New Zealand team over the next couple of days? Oh, look, I think we just we just outperformed them in the first game, and, you know, that can happen. But, look, I, looking at it, expecting a, a tougher team because we know how tough New Zealand are. You know, we've obviously had a good run against them, winning the last four games against them, but... Um, yeah, you can never take New Zealand for granted in any sport. Um, they're a very powerful sporting nation, so um, yeah, never take them for granted. And I know, Ben, over the last sort of 24 hours, you've been speaking with the written media about the IPL and the IPL final being just a couple of days before the first test match of the summer and you know, potentially you coming home early from the IPL or, or when you and other players might come back. But sort of the way this England team is, kind of the mindset of just sort of turning up and performing, like it wouldn't surprise anyone if they came back with three days to go before that first test match and just carried on from where they left off. Uh, yeah, as I said, I'll be making sure that I'm back with enough time before that test starts. Good man. Um, and in terms of the next five days, is the message to the players more or the same? Is 10 test wins from 11 go out there and keep on doing what you're doing? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say anything else um, with the way that we've been playing. Can't keep repeating myself when we you know, keep getting asked, are you going to go out and do the same again? Are you going to go out and do the same again? <laughs> that boring question. No, not really. I think it's just, it's just one of those things <laughs> where it's, that's how we're playing. Um, and just accept it for what it is and enjoy it for what it is as well. Ben Stokes, as he always is, in an incredibly calm and relaxed manner. Laid-back man, and I guess that's probably been one of the main reasons. The laid-back, calm approach as to why a lot of these players in this England team have been able to go out there and fully express themselves. So things are going great for England. Ten test wins in 11. As for New Zealand, not so much. They're not on a good run of form. And they haven't lost the test series at home, incredibly, for six years. They're one down in the series with one match to play. Their captain, Tim Southie, knows his side must improve. Yeah, obviously disappointed with the, with the result of the first test, but there's a, there's a number of good things. Um, and I think 
now moving forward into a traditional test match, um, you can't sort of, yeah, I guess dwell on what happened in a, obviously a different different match with, with being a day-night test match. We've played some good cricket in our conditions and, and also in other parts of the world for a long period of time. We had a, a group of guys, um, six or seven guys that were a part of the side for close to 10 years. Um, and that's, that's slightly changing now, um, but that's exciting times as well. It presents opportunities for other guys, but I think... We know these conditions reasonably well, um, and and like you touched on, to I guess having having won a few series here and a few a lot of games in that times, um, I guess that's where your home advantage comes into it. And we've played some pretty good cricket in these conditions. It's a little bit unique with having um, a two match series and one of them being a, a pink ball a pink ball match, and then now we shift back to the traditional test cricket. So. Yeah, I think you look at the way we um, England strategically played it beautifully, and we had uh, a couple of tough sessions under lights where, yeah, it's like I say, guys would would like to score more runs and got through those sessions. But um, but yeah, there's a number of guys in that room that have uh, performed in in um, Test match cricket in New Zealand and, and especially out here at the Basin Reserve. So um, yeah, we've had a great couple of days, a uh, couple of days training, and a couple of days, I guess, off to to refresh and, and look forward to this match. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. That's the New Zealand captain Tim Southie and the England captain Ben Stokes speaking with the media ahead of the second and final test. Delighted to say now here at the Basin Reserve, we're just a few steps away from our wonderful commentary position. I'm joined by two of our lead top, top, top commentators, Neil Manthor. What are you laughing at, Manners? Uh, nothing, you. 
<laughs> and Dan McCarty as well. All good, Dan? Yeah, very well. Laughing at you, not with you, Sam. He was. You've settled into the team perfectly well, yeah, haven't you? you? Um, this is your hometown, isn't it? This is this is Wellington. This is, my town. This is your town, this isn't is my it? My town. Just painting the picture for all of the uh, the Talksport listeners right now back home. What are we what are we looking at on? Because this is some ground, isn't it, Dan? It's a beautiful ground uh, situated, uh, you know, near the CBD of Wellington, not far from the the government uh, house. Beautiful uh, ground. The Basin Reserve, so much tradition and history at this venue. 1930, the first Test match, and probably more days uh, like this one than we care to remember. It's grey above, there's been horizontal rain, the flag on top of Government House is ferociously working overtime uh, as the southerly whips through the city. Uh, yeah, not, not the greatest of conditions, but it is a great venue. What can we expect then weather-wise over the next few days if you were to have a guess? People saying day one is going to be a bit iffy, but day two it could be pretty bad. Yeah, a fickle mistress day number one, I would uh, imagine, uh, with rain coming and going. It can skirt around here with high hills on both sides. So uh, fingers crossed for day number one. Day number two doesn't look particularly good. Beyond that, though, uh, day three, four and five look excellent. England might actually have to play a fifth day of a test match. It <laughs> uh, hasn't happened recently, but I, I would uh, guess still plenty of time for England to, to, to force the issue. You know they're going to try it, go and win. And New Zealand, I think, will feel far more self-assured about uh, the conditions they face here. They know it very, very well. What we do know is once they pull back the covers, every travelling journalist is going to lose their minds. Oh, it's a green seamer. Uh, the team that wins the toss will bowl. It's happened 13 test matches in a row. You've got to go back to 2011 for the last time a side won the toss and decided to have a bat. You, you think it's going to be a green seam, it will play better than that. Um, it has been undercover a little bit more, so maybe that first session will be expanded out to, to the opening couple of sessions. But in that same time of 13 test matches where the sides uh, won the toss, the, the first innings average has still been over 310 runs. So generally goes quite deep here at the Basin Reserve and becomes quite hard work day two, day three, day four. But you win the toss, you bowl, you've got to bowl well with the new ball. They often call it a new ball wicket. So the first uh, four hours in talk sports is going to be uh, you know, really exciting, I would think. Man, is, from an England perspective, there was a bit of talk potentially of maybe some changes in the seam department. But we just heard there from Ben Stokes. He said the bowlers had one look at the wicket yesterday and said, we are playing. England go unchanged. The right call for you? Do you know what was so great is that Ben Stokes was asked whether he'd spoken to the bowlers this morning and he said, no, I texted them because they didn't come to practice. <laughs> I texted them and asked them if they were all OK for the test. They all replied, yep. So um, it's un- unchanged, yeah. I mean, uh, there is a lot of talk about you know guys like Ollie Stone and, and uh, Matty Potts coming all this way and not playing a test match, but we can't gauge and work out. We can't measure how much they've learnt just by, by coming on the trip and I'm sure they enjoyed their time in Queenstown. It's more than just about cricket for England um, and for Ben Stokes and for, and for Brendan McCullum. The truth is, Sam, in the 30 years that I've been covering cricket, the, it's, it's an unspoken thing or has been an unspoken thing, but many players have found cricket practice, cricket training, nets, being on tour, the routine of it, a chore. And they find that offensive. They find that deeply offensive, that, 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 that the honour and the privilege of playing international cricket can become a chore. And that's not a player's fault. It's not, we're not talking about um, arrogance or taking things for granted as an international cricketer. It's just the way it is. It's repetitive. It's, it's, and it can become boring, you know. I mean, y- yes, it's an honour, but you turn up to nets, you do the same thing, everyone bats for 20 minutes. You, do you know what I mean? And, and so their, their view is that it might look unusual to, to old 
geezers like me uh, <laughs> to see them um, having fun and enjoying themselves. But if the results translate onto the pitch, then let them play as much golf as they want, basically. From a New Zealand point of view, Dan, in terms of changes, Tim Southey keeping his cars a little bit closer to his chest today out from, from the Test match. We think, obviously, we know Matt Henry is going to be certainly one player that's going to come back in. Any other changes you're expecting? Well, he's keeping the wrist close to his chest because he's not going to play them. It's Matt Henry comes in. He's a new ball bowler. And New Zealand didn't have a second new ball bowler in uh, Tauranga. Neil Wagner's been first change. In fact, Neil Wagner once took a five for here bowling fifth. Uh, in a test match. So uh, New Zealand will have a little bit more balance with the new ball with Matt Henry, who's, who's had, to, had to sit on the sidelines a lot over the years. I think he's only got five test wickets here. You compare that to Tim Southey's over 50 test wickets at this ground. So there'd be a little bit better balance to that new ball attack, I would think. The only other change the New Zealand public are interested in seeing is if uh, Henry Nichols will retain his spot. He batted under lights and towed on a, a, the first two tests, a first test match rather. At this venue, he's got three of his eight test match hundreds. He averages 66 over an eight-test match career in Wellington. They're going to give him another go. New Zealand cricket fans, get that out of your mind. Gary Stedner's uh, mates are a very loyal bunch. He will play. The only question is then, is it Kugeline, is it Tickner? You have to give it to Tickner, don't you? He was originally named in the squad. Kugeline was called in after Henry um, had to stay at home due to the birth of his family. Plus, uh, the week uh, Blair Tickner and his family have had, be pretty harsh on him um, if they're going to drop him. Sam, I know that this is... Dan should be doing the Wellington advertising here and the advertising for the Basin Reserve. But I just got to tell you because I know that you're getting it. You're running out of time for the for the. We've got all the time in the world for you. All right. Well, do you know what? Do you know I love the Basin Reserve so much is that for what the best part of a hundred years it was Wellington's only sporting venue, and and I mean only sporting venue. Everything was played here. There's been. 11 international sports played here over the, the course of... It was, it was, the first cricket game was 1867. Um, in 1840, when the plans for the original Wellington town were laid out, it was actually earmarked to be um, a small harbour because it was at a swamp. Sea, a swamp. Well, and then there was a massive earthquake in 1855 and the ground yes. ra- level raised by over a metre and a half. And that's when they said, oh, actually, let's turn it into a sporting venue. But Dan will be able to... Correct me on the ones I've missed out, but hockey, rugby, football, boxing, tennis, athletics, greasy pole climbing. <laughs> true, true story. Yeah. True story. True? It is. Yeah. They at, play an international softball here too. Yes, think, softball yeah. and yeah. rounders. Yeah. Yep. And, um, and there's 11, 11 of them. Uh, Base, so, I think they had a baseball exposition, uh, exhibition um, way back when, might have been in the 50s. And at the beginning of the Second World War, they practised trench digging before the troops went over to Europe. <laughs> they did, they came, they dug it up, they practiced trench digging. So it's just the most amazing sporting history and it's just a magnificent venue. Yeah, if the, if the walls could talk, if the soil could talk, uh, talk your ear off, um, you know, quite a place. Although I have to m- mention, if Manners will turn around over his right shoulder and look towards the south, on top of that rise, there used to be a magnificent rugby venue called Athletic Park. That's probably uh, now whispering from its uh, grave, going, we were also around. Uh, that was an incredible, iconic uh, rugby venue. Uh, the Millard Stand, which was this almost like a 60-degree sloping, um, you know, imagine terraces where people sat. You could see the southerly rushing in off the Cook Strait, uh, and you generally had about 15 minutes to get away. 
Uh, it was an incredible venue, north to south. Um, you know, the All Blacks in South Africa and England had many a great battle there. But this part of Wellington, you know, the CBD down towards the south has seen some incredible sport over the years. And incredibly sold out as well for the first three days. So it should be a, a good spectacle and I feel very, very lucky to be here. Oh, the, the scramble for tickets in Wellington is incredible. I would have thought I've got the most friends I've ever had in my life. <laughs> I am really disappointed uh, for the New Zealand fans on day one and day two um, yeah. because the weather is looking a little bit inclement. But... They'll be here. They'll be queuing up because uh, I know they're looking at their chops to, to looking at their chops to see this English side up yeah. close and personal and wanting desperately for New Zealand to, to get back to to playing the winning brand of cricket. They've come to expect six years since they've last lost a Test series in New Zealand. What do they need to do then to turn that around? What what from that first Test match they were well below par. What needs to change? Well, it's easy to say curb the scoring rate of England, but I think they need to to factor in how you get wickets here at the, ba- the Basin Reserve, uh, a lot of court in the slip court, and so that's about bowling good channels. Hit, looking to target the top of off stump, taking a bit of a leaf out of England's book, bowling under lights and Todong. I think New Zealand got two lengths too early, uh, a little bit more disciplined, and, and runs at the top order. Um, you could probably park what we saw under lights, Todong, we're not going to have that here uh, in Wellington, and if they can get through, if, especially if they are batting first on, on day number one, if England win, win the toss, that, that top four or five really have to show um, their true potential. Manners, final word for you. We've, we've learned over the past few hours that incredibly at 40 years of age, Jimmy Anderson has gone back to number one in the world in the bowling rankings. Uh, Stokes, he was asked, wasn't he, in his press conference if, if Jimmy cares. The short answer was no, not interested at all. That doesn't surprise me at all with Jimmy. But 40 years of age, you've been involved in cricket for a long time. Does it even surprise you? The older he gets, the better he gets. Not 40 years of age, he's top of the pile. Well, um, Tim Southey was asked about it as well, wasn't he? And, he, you know, he said uh, it, it is amazing. But there is a big difference. Tim Southey's 36, and, and he said, oh, I haven't been doing it quite as long. Southey still plays three formats. Sure. Let's not forget that Jimmy's been not wrapped in cotton wool. That wouldn't be fair. But he hasn't played the other two formats. He's had a lot of time off between test matches. England do play more test matches than any other team. But so, so given all of that, am I surprised? Yep. <laughs> really surprised. Yeah. It's incredible. I mean, it is absolutely fabulous. The thing is, Sam, he's not hanging on. Um, I'm, I was very close to Courtney Walsh as he came towards the end of his career, and he was also sort of approaching 40. He played to the very highest level for a long time, and he was still doing, producing the results, and he was still taking wickets, but he was hanging on. By his own admission, he was hanging on. Courtney used to tell stories about how it took him 45 minutes to get one leg out of bed in the morning um, and he would hobble around and it took him ages and ages like an old diesel tractor to get going. And and maybe Jimmy's like that. I don't know, but I don't think so. He's not looking like it. His his numbers, his performances are getting better. That's the thing. And when I look at him, I see a guy still supremely fit who brings a group of skills that age well. That he, he's not a tear-away fastball. He's not requiring, uh, you know, you know, scaring the bejesus out of batsmen. It's that craft and guile, the ability to move the ball consistently. He's he's just in another league at that. Um, and if he can stay fit with that, with that group of skills, why not another year, another two, another three? Final one. After this, there's one more Test match left for England before the Ashes. It was no secret that Johnny Bairstow will be fit for that, and Johnny Bairstow is going to come back into the England team. That puts. <laughs> A lot of pressure on this match, perhaps on Zach Crawley, the top of the order, who's probably been the one batsman who maybe hasn't scored as many runs he would have liked under the McCollum Stokes era. There's also a theory that perhaps maybe it could be Ben Folkes that maybe is his most under threat and Besto could take the gloves. Just as a, a New Zealander and a South African looking in on this, what do you think 
England are most likely to do moving forward before that big Ashes series? Manners is laughing, so I might go first. What a wonderful position to be in. That's the first thing I think of, because Crawley's certainly not a bad player, and from what I've seen of folks, he's excellent. And what a rare skill Besto brings to the party. So you're saying he's going to either open or be the wicketkeeper batsman? I think so, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, the best thing that England can possibly do is um, get together with Australia and India and influence the ICC to make uh, cricket test matches 12 aside. side. <laughs> um, and, and also, um, I wouldn't want to be the one to tell Johnny Besto that he's coming back into the team. Uh, that's the good news. Uh, the bad news, Johnny, is that you're opening. You're opening. <laughs> Against... You know, X, Y, and Z. Start Cummins and Hazelwood. Yeah, Hazelwood. Yeah, no, I... Cummins, the best of the bunch, yeah. I, ben Folk's been dropped three times now, hasn't he? Um, uh, it's sort of um, a dropping by convenience. It's like, Ben, I'm really sorry you've done nothing well. In fact, you've played really well. Um, and thanks for everything you've done. You don't deserve to be dropped. But, um, I mean, you know, I, I don't know that Ben Stokes would buy into doing that again. It happened in mm. Pakistan. Mm. And every time he comes back, he's... I mean, it's not just he's not letting people down. He's performing brilliantly. He's got two hundreds and and three fifties in you know a dozen Test matches, um, and that's before we take into account that Stokes always says he's the best keeper in the world. Michael Atherton said on commentary during the first Test at Mount Manganui that these things have a habit of resolving themselves. Somebody will trip over a curb right. twenty four hours before the Test match, so you kind of <laughs> oh, no. you just hope that that someone goes down with chicken pox at the right time. <laughs> England will lose a Test match cricket at Test Match Cricket again. If it happens in the Ashes, Game 1, Game 2, is, is there much rope for baseball? Is there that much goodwill that people are like, oh, it's going to be OK, it's going to work itself out? They'll go harder. That's right. they, they have lost a game, remember? Ben yeah. Stokes lost the first Test against South Africa. And, um, and, and most of us, and most of the English media said, asked him afterwards, did, did you go too hard? I mean, they, the batting looked reckless. It really did look like Basball gone mad. And um, his reply was, no, he should have gone harder. Will the press go harder? Not anymore. Uh, I don't They've got I that think much they, money in the bank. Yeah? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I think so. I mean, they, they've seen it. They've, they've, they've seen England stumble and trip up. I mean, look, in Mount Manganui, they were 207 for five. That ordinarily would have been a potentially problematic situation you know and they bowled out for 250 there and we all felt that it was at least a 350 wicket and so it turned out um but they'll just keep going they're just going to keep going and i think if they do stumble and they're two nil down in the ashes i think they'll go harder (laughs) yeah and are they preparing bunsen burners in england after what we saw between india and australia (laughs) (laughs) uh gee um i i just don't want to look too too early at the ashes i mean it's it, 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 because it's crazy, I, I sort of can't contain my excitement. I have never been as excited about a Test series ever. Right. Um, and um, you know, if Australia respond and and say, "Okay, all right, we'll take them on," then nobody else has. Nobody else has. New Zealand haven't. South Africa hasn't. India hasn't had that one-off Test match. Nobody said, "Okay, we'll take you on. We can we can do this too. We can we can play this brand of cricket." And I, I think it'll be a test of Australia's ego for them to say, no, 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 we're not, we're not going to be drawn into this slugfest. We'll just do our own thing. I don't think so. I think they're going to go for it. Neil, Dan, thank you so much for your time. What a place, what a stadium. New Zealand v England. Let's hope the rain stays away. Boys, thank you very much. My pleasure. Pleasure, Sam. That's the brilliant Dan McCarty and Neil Manthorpe speaking with myself, Sam Elod here at the Basin Reserve in Wellington. So there we go. A build up. 
done. We've heard from our commentators. We've heard from both captains. Absolutely ecstatic for this second test match. New Zealand versus England is going to be live on TalkSport 2. Thursday night, the build-up from 9 o'clock. First ball is at 10 o'clock. Fingers crossed the rain stays away so we can see some more fireworks from Ben Stokes and his England team. And also, do not forget, on day one at lunch, an exclusive interview with our double Ashes winner, Steve Harmison. He's caught up with his two former teammates and two of England's greatest ever bowlers, Stuart Broad and Jimmy Anderson. We'll see you shortly. You've been listening to the following on podcast from TalkSport. If you missed any of the show or wish to catch up, you can download the podcast. Now available via the free TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget, for more cricket content, you can listen to The Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 every Tuesday evening as Neil Manthorpe and Double Ashes winner Steve Harmison debate the biggest stories with a host of big names. And if you want to send us a question to a member of the TalkSport team, you can tweet us at cricket underscore TS and we'll answer your question on the next podcast. But for now, you've been listening to Following On. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 